This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back with an instant reaction podcast. Miami 48, Bethune-Cookman 7. Hurricanes handled business against an FCS opponent as they should. Uh, David Lake here, joined as always by Gabby Urrutia. We're going to dive into the game a little bit, uh, share our observations. Plenty of young guys getting work in the game. But Gabby, we got to start this podcast with a big-time commitment. The Hurricanes landed just before the start of the game and that is a commitment from 2025 defensive lineman Armando Blunt who is from Miami Central High School he's currently ranked the number five overall player in the 24-7 sports composite five-star player Gabby tell us about Armando Blunt you were there yesterday right at his practice did you see this coming and how big is this commitment yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, my antenna started to kind of go off when he dropped the top five uh, on, I think it was Tuesday, just because, again, just him being a 2025 prospect, uh, you know, narrowing things down at that point of the process to that point uh, kind of tells me that, you know, or I mean, I think it just kind of sounded off those alarms that uh, he was close. And then, you know, as, as soon as I started kind of asking around and kind of digging on it, it did, I got, I really got the sense that, uh, it, that, you know, things were really trending in the right way for Miami. And that's why I, I went over to Central to chat with him and he didn't reveal a ton, but, uh, you know, definitely got, got a feel that uh, Miami was a spot he was very comfortable with and kind of confirmed uh, to me that, you know, it was the Hurricanes who were in the best spot. And, you know, them picking up that commitment is, is a really big deal. And, you know, a lot of people might hear this and hear 2025 and think that that's so far away. Um, but look, I, I think that this is just an absolutely massive uh, uh, win for Miami on the recruiting trail uh, for them to kind of to, to go into again even a school like Miami Central they've had a ton of, of success there and even just uh, at a position of need uh, along the, def- the defensive line and Blunt being one of the best players in the country in that class I mean it's it's just massive I think it's just a testament to uh, really the buy-in uh, on the Hurricanes and just the direction that these guys are kind of going in Armando um, Blunt was in the stands for that Texas A&M win and you know I think it was really uh, during that game after that game that he kind of decided that this was the place that he wanted to be and um you know, so I think that 
these are the types of things these these are the situations Miami puts themselves in by taking care of business and uh, again I think it's just it's it's just uh you know uh, just an example one example of of maybe what's to come for the hurricanes over the next few years on the recruiting trail because it seems like a lot of people again especially locally uh, are excited about what they're doing down in Coral Gables and uh, blunt jumping on board uh, I think it puts Miami in a really good position in that 2025 class and David we've talked about it on the podcast before about how that 20 25 uh season is kind of circled on the the long-term calendar and you see how they're starting to build for a really really strong class already uh in that you know with these juniors with between blunt and wade and charles another top 200 kid who jumped on board recently uh, it seems like they're def they're building the foundation of that group and blunt is a massive massive piece of the equation there and getting them on board uh early is is a big deal there's some chatter with him that he could be a reclassify guy. What can you say about that? Yeah, uh, I think it's something on the table. Uh, you know, it sounds like he's kind of going back and forth there. He has gone back and forth with it. Uh, I, I do think it's an option, which again, I think is a part of, uh, you know, him maybe deciding at this point. I think it kind of gives him the flexibility to say like, hey, if I do want to reclassify, I kind of know where I'm going. Uh, not to say that he wouldn't be at Miami if he remains a 2025 which honestly truthfully at this point probably seems like the more likely scenario um but again I think that there's still a lot of conversations that need to be had uh and from my understanding balls kind of in Armando Blunt's court uh, whether he wants to kind of take on the extra coursework to reclassify or whether he wants to kind of just go you know finish out his you know typical normal a senior year and uh you know kind of finish as a 2025 prospect so uh, i think it's really up to him and uh, miami would absolutely welcome him as a 2024 i think they would be pretty ecstatic about that just getting their hands on him you know maybe six months sooner than they would have otherwise if he's an early enrollee in that 2025 class but um i think regardless you know miami's just very very ex- uh, you know thrilled to have him as a part of uh you know their class in that 2025 group and if he makes the move even better Big stuff on the recruiting trail. Let's get into the game here real quick. I mean, Miami handled business as you you would hope and expect against Bethune-Cookman. Starters were all pretty efficient, did their jobs. Tyler Van Dyke, 19 of 23, 247, two touchdowns. He also ran the ball a couple times uh, for 16 yards and a touchdown, uh, which went, I think, for 10 yards or so. So uh, Xavier Restrepo, 120. Colby Young, probably the only offensive starter that maybe had kind of an up-and-down performance. He had a drop early, and he fumbled as he went into the end zone. Everyone else, though, had a solid performance. And uh, Don Chaney, the leader for the rushing attack, seven carries for 73 yards, a long run of 26 yards on a touchdown. A.J. Allen, 12 carries, 68 yards, two touchdowns. So starters are the front-line players on both sides of the ball did their thing um out defensively were three key defensive linemen akeem mesador um nigelie kelly branson dean Uh, those situations are worth monitoring moving forward i think nigelie's is probably the least serious of of that three but and i think he was just kind of limited because what's the point of, of playing him in this game uh Akeem Mesador kind of had like a little, I don't know how to describe it, like a little sandal type of deal on his injured foot. So that's something to monitor. But, you know, I think it's a good sign he's not in a walking boot. I think it's a good sign he's not on crutches. 
and Branson Dean didn't notice anything there, so hopefully he's good to go sooner rather than later. Gabby, we know that the starters, of course, are going to dominate and impose their will on a team like Bethune-Cookman. So I don't really want to break down the game from that standpoint, but I do think it's worth talking about the young players that developed in the game. You were in charge of kind of highlighting some of the the freshmen that flashed to you in the game. And so the floor is yours to highlight who you think did a nice job against Bethune-Cookman as a true freshman. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we should probably start off talking about Emery Williams. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the way that we kind of talked about this quarterback situation playing out, I think it played out exactly that way with Emery Williams coming in in that second half and, you know, kind of taking reins of, you know, all of the snaps in that second half. Uh, I thought he was I thought he was really good. And to me, it's just it shows it, it, to me, it just kind of showed that Emery Williams has a grasp of this offense. And, you know, he can definitely spin it around a little bit. Obviously, you consider the competition in Bethune-Cookman, but uh, I thought he was efficient and effective. Uh, Nine of 11 passing uh, for 102 yards. Uh, it, I mean, he could have been 10, 10 of 11 with a touchdown, but he just narrowly missed uh, a wide open Riley Williams, uh, who you just put it really just felt like a hair uh, past his outstretched arms for what would have been a touchdown while he was kind of taking pressure uh, in his face. So I thought that that was a really impressive kind of reaction by Emery to get the ball up there. And again, it, it, it shows what he can kind of be in the future and just like, you know, him potentially making that throw. So I thought Emery Williams was really good. And uh, I think you see why there's so many people around the program who are high on him he I, I, again i think just this offensive system fits his skill set and uh he is able to kind of put the ball where it needs to be he threw a really nice ball to brashard smith uh to the kind of deep right uh i think it was a 22 22 yard gain but he kind of you know zipped it in there uh you know he had a he hit colby young i believe for 16 yards and you know he i don't think that was his first read i think it might have been his second or his third read and kind of put it right on his chest gave him a chance to to run a little bit uh so definitely impressed with emory williams uh, just going to the running backs, uh, Christopher Johnson, you know, uh, was, <laughs> I think we, we know that he has that elite speed. Uh, that's obviously his, uh, you know, his signature trait. And that was on display with a 21 yard run that he kind of kicked to the outside and, and just uh, really just outran everyone to, to the edge and then, you know, found the pylon. And uh, that it, it was, you know, obviously encouraging to watch him do that. Seven carries for 40 yards, uh, averaged 5.7 yards per carry, but that 21 yarder was a big one. Uh, showed, I think on one of those, his last runs, a little bit of patience and his willingness to kind of run between the tackles which i think is where he's probably gonna have to develop most uh defensively you know reuben bain uh, started in place of mesador uh had his first sack uh and, and i think it was the first defensive drive he had his first sack he also had a quarterback hit right before that so bain uh you know good to see him kind of get on the board there i thought he was he was good uh jaden wayne is another who i think got a ton of burn uh on the defensive side for for miami with nigel e. kelly out uh, and I thought he held his own. He made a play there, uh, you know, kind of like on, on the boundary, uh, made a nice play in space where he was able to bring down a the ball carrier for a short gain. Uh, I thought he flashed some bend, you know, just kind of coming off the edge too. I think there's, a, again, another guy who's probably a year away from being a real contributor, but I think uh, Jaden Wayne continues to flash some of those promising things. Uh, I thought the linebacker core, you know, the young group of linebackers, the four that they signed all flashed. Bobby Washington kind of playing that big nickel, uh, made a really good play in the run uh, for a no gain. I think it was on a third down. Uh, that was really impressive. And I think each one of those guys showed a little bit of something. Marcellus Pulliam at the end of the game kind of chased down a ball carrier uh, to the far sideline, uh, showed off some some serious athleticism. Um, and then Damari Brown, uh, again, a guy who's playing nickel, I think uh, you know he's someone that 
uh, you know, is, is, is going to continue to improve over the course of the year, had a big tackle for loss, uh, knocked a guy down. I, you know, I think he knocked off his helmet. So Damari Brown, I think, is uh, another youngster who had a, a, a good performance. Uh, he was targeted uh, in the first half when he kind of when he first came into the game. I think it was like a second snap on the field, and he made a re- and he was the ball was a little overthrown, uh, overthrown out of bounds, but uh, he was you know all over the guy in coverage. Even if it was catchable, I think he absolutely would have made a play on it, and I don't think that pass would have been completed. So uh, good stuff from all those guys. I thought a lot of the young freshmen stepped up. Josh Horton was really good in the middle of that defensive that defensive line too uh, when he got his opportunity. So uh, a lot. I think that that freshman class. I think was very promising yeah two things that stood out to me i I was on the field taking photos for the game um so it kind of had a field eye view but two things stuck out to me in terms of the freshman number one emery's poise i think he clearly has poise um the moment's not too big for him as a true freshman which is encouraging you can work with that right so there's a lot to develop there number two chris johnson speed the way he hit the corner and, and outrace the defense to the pylon was impressive. Um, and then there's something there with Jaden Wayne. I'm, I'm impressed by him. I don't know about him playing a big role this year, but I do think he can be a, a very good defensive end for Miami in the future. So those three, those three guys in particular kind of stuck out to me, in addition to, of course, Reuben Bain, Francis Maui Noah, um, there was no Mark Fletcher today because he's still coming back from his deal uh, that he sustained against Texas A&M. So he should be back soon. Um, we'll get out of here on that. And um, overall, good, strong performance against Bethune-Cookman. And uh, probably not going to do us a real in-depth review podcast of the Bethune-Cookman game. Because, again, Miami handled business against an FCS opponent, as they should. And so, everyone, enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week to discuss the Temple game. And until next time, take care.